0: Well, happy Father's Day, men. You are in for a great, great sermon today. Not one speaker, but actually three. Today, we get to hear from men of the house, challenging the men of the house. Today, you're going to hear from Randy Graybill, from John Garcia, and Tyler Bradford, three men of God that love their wives and lead their families well and serve the house of God and their kingdom builders. Would you welcome to the stage, 1910, get on your feet, Randy Graybill, Tyler Bradford, and John Garcia.
1: Good morning, 1910. Good morning. I have seen mental health restored. Let me tell you that much. Who knows we don't serve a needy God? You believe me? I wonder if we become like what we worship. I wonder if that's why he commands our praise. Happy Father's Day. Good morning again. Any fathers, by show of hands... Let me see them. Come on, get them up. Okay. Keep your hands up. Two or more kids. Okay, three or more kids. Four or more kids. Five. Okay, six. Okay, fives, get your hands back up. You guys are going to arm wrestle for a foot massage via Randy Graybill. Meet him in the garage after this. Good morning. Again, my name is Tyler Bradford. I'm a member here at 1910. It's an honor to be here Um, among these two gentlemen. I am not a public speaker. I do enjoy writing. So I have prepared something to read to you guys this morning. Have you ever been through a season where it feels like your feet haven't even touched the ground? Where one thing turns into the next so quickly, you realize weeks have passed and you're not sure where they went. I'm coming out of a season just like that. April and I have two boys, six and eight years old, Sawyer and Lincoln. We live on a brushy hill at the top of our street and our front porch overlooks our neighbor's back porch, Miss, Mrs. Vicky and Mr. Russ. Let me tell you about Mr. Russ. He's about my height. He has a head full of gray hair. He loves music and he was in a band. I'm pretty sure that at some point he even sang gospel music. He has a strong, confident voice. He knows what he likes and what he doesn't like. Mr. Russ used to be in the grocery business and every morning, Monday through su- Sunday, you can see him pull out of his driveway at 8.30 a.m. He's on his way to buy groceries for the day. He loved his job. And I imagine that today, during his grocery trip, he does a little bit of a man- managing at HEB, this time for free. Between 9.30 and five, you'll find Mr. Russ on his back porch. He loves to watch golf. His son played in the PGA once. He is a great neighbor, a mentor, a friend, and a father-like figure. Probably the thing that I like about him the most is that you cannot end a conversation without a belly laugh from him. Mr. Russ flagged me down last Saturday morning on my way up the driveway in a hurry. Can you come take a look at a few things over here whenever you have a minute, he asked. Lately, it seems like I don't have a minute, so I decided that then was the best time. Yes, sir, I can come right now. He asked me to look at the base of his chimney. He suspected that there was a leak dripping through into the new shiplap ceiling. After some more examining, we agreed that wasn't the issue. But before we moved to the next item, he stopped and looked at me for a moment. You're getting some gray hair there in your beard. I know, I said, while I replied to him. Been moving too fast, he said. I see you coming in and out. You never stop and you're always on your phone. You're like a pendulum, he said, all the way one direction and then all the way back. You never stop going. Thank you for telling me that, I told him. The next morning I was headed down the driveway for a walk and I remembered what Mr. Russ had told me. You're like a pendulum, you never stop. We've lived three years at the top of our street and I thought I had a good view of Mr. Russ from my front porch but he had his eye on me the whole time. The Lord began to show me that it was he that had been watching me and that he agreed with the perspective of Mr. Russ. While I was in constant motion, thinking I had a good idea of where the Lord was in my movement, it was him that was watching me. God has a great desire to father each and every one of us, but it doesn't happen in movement. Do you remember how the Lord answered Elijah in 1 Kings? a gentle whisper the Lord used Mr. Russ to yank me from my metaphoric earthquake to share his heart with me in an instant I was given a tiny glimpse of God's grace in my hurry my friend Mike Bellamy would always say if the devil can't make you bad he'll make you busy and that's where I was now what I have a choice we all have a choice I'm afraid the word repentance has received negative connotation and may be associated with shame and guilt. Let me redefine it for us. In the midst of my life race, God knew where I was. He knew what I needed and he knew how to get me there. He held out a gift called change. It's a new understanding that brings a person to say, oh my goodness, I've been doing this all wrong. And the whole time your grace has been covering me. Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you that I'm created to change and that you're showing me your sanctification. You're amazing. I'm taking off these fig leaves and I'm standing wholly blameless and above reproach before you. I'm grateful that it's your goodness that has led me here and not shame. And I look forward to the new things that you want to do in me. Before I give the mic to Mr. Garcia, I want to tell you the three things that I took away from my conversation with Mr. Russ. The first was to identify the other Mr. Russes in my life. So often the Lord will use other men and women to encourage us. I know a word is from the Lord when it lines up with his written word in the Bible. These people are essential to fellowship and growth for me as a believer. The second is to pay attention and listen for the gentle whisper of the Lord. It says in Psalms that the voice of the Lord can crush the cedars of Lebanon. In love, he chooses to speak to me in a gentle voice whisper. And lastly, to be a Mr. Russ. The same way the Lord wants to use others in my life, he also desires to father others through me. Be prepared for times when the Lord wants to use us in love to strengthen, encourage, and uplift our fellow believers. Thank you for listening. Please welcome John Garcia. Thank you, Tyler.
2: Well, My name is John Garcia, and along with my wife, Christine, and our two daughters, Reagan and Charlotte, we've been attending 1910 Church for eight years, and this church has truly been a a blessing uh, to our lives. Uh, We're not the same people that we were when we first started coming. Uh, I'm a changed man. My wife's a changed woman. Our lives, our family is just better for this church, and we're just so grateful and honored to be to consider this, this church uh, our home and grateful for Pastor Jason and Aunt Angie's leadership in this church. And so um, I wanna wish all the men of the church happy Father's Day. And so yes, give yourselves a hand. And I also wanna wish a special Father's Day to my dad. Uh, he came here to watch. <laughs> and so uh, dad, thank you for being a leader. Showing me the example of, of godly character. And I'm so grateful for that. I'm grateful for all your prayers. I know if it wasn't for those prayers, I wouldn't be up here today. And I know those prayers that kept me safe and that kept me out of harm's way when I was younger. And I know those same prayers are, are why my family is flourishing in the Lord and the blessings that, that have been provided to us. And so thank y'all. And so... <clears throat> So a couple months ago, Pastor Jason came and asked me if if I'd be interested in sharing to the men of of 1910. And it was an honor for for me, for him to even think of me. And and I'm honored to be here today in front of you men. And so he asked me, he goes, John, what do you think the Lord would like to challenge the men of the church? And I was, we started talking about some other things, and about a couple minutes into the conversation, the Lord just dropped it in my heart that to to talk about or challenge the men on loving your wives as Christ loved the church and how it relates to the family. And so we fast forward to last week and as I'm listening to Pastor Storm, I'm like, wow, this this brother is preaching the exact same message I'm getting ready to share with the men of 1910 next week. I go, Lord, did did I miss it? Do I need to call an audible and change things up? And so the Lord started talking to me and he's like, John, he goes in the last Three to five days when you've gone on social media. What do you see? He goes, from all the posts, from all the different groups, from the news articles, the news stories. It's a constant daily battle for the family. The devil and the world are, are just blatant in your face trying to destroy the family. Daily and constantly in your face trying to redefine what a man and a woman are supposed to be. Constantly, daily... In your face, trying to destroy and kill and take away the innocence of our children. He goes, "No, there's a reason why I had Pastor Storm preach that message last week, and I still want you to, to share your message this week. My church needs it. The men need it." Says so it, "Okay, Lord, <laughs> I'll I'll be obedient." So, I want to start with the passage of verse Ephesians five, verse twenty-five through thirty-one. but he feeds and cares for it just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh. And if you look at the last four words of verse 25 and then and all of 26 and 27, you see the heartbeat for Christ with his bride. You see the passion that he has for the bride, for the church, He's so passionate about it and he, he loves her so much that he wants to present it to himself with this spotless, blameless, it, it is just so precious to him that he, he just wants it to be the most perfect gift that he could present to his father. And he's so passionate about it that he's even willing to die for it, in which we know he he did. And so as a result of that, we, we're here today as part of the church. But the Lord just was challenging me. He goes, my men need to love their wives in that same way. We need to keep them first. We need to put them on a pedestal. We need to have that same passion that Christ had. And I know as men, sometimes we're like, well, I tell her I love her. I give her hugs. But you know what? We need to do better, men. We need to ask and pray. That's why God gave us the Holy Spirit, to ask, ask him how can I come home and love my wife better than I did the day before? It's important to, to, keep that, to keep that fresh. And if we don't know, let's ask God. He'll help us, he'll give us direction. And so with that, how does that translate or, or go into the family? That love, that passion for your wife. Well, it's gonna sustain your relationship in your family while you have your family. You know, God is a God of order. And there's a flow to that order. And when you follow that order, things are gonna work out. You trust the process. Things will happen the way he wanted it to, to, to take place. Pastor Storm had mentioned last week that the, uh, the order for the family, and it was your relationship with God, your relationship with your spouse, and your relationship with your children. Now, I believe a lot of the times Two and three get switched because as parents, we want best for our kids. And so we spend so much time focusing on raising them up to be godly adults with integrity, character. And so, and then we, we lose focus of our relationship with God and then our relationship with, with our spouse, it suffers. But that's not the way God intended it to be. He wants us to, to, to follow that order. We can't afford to take away from our relationship with the Lord or our relationship with our wife to take care of our kids. If we follow the Lord, your kids will emulate what they see. If you follow the Lord and they see their father and mother seeking God's face, praying, going to church, they're gonna take that into their relationship when they get older. When they see their parents loving each other, Talking to them, talking to them with respect, treating them with respect, showing them that affection—they're going to know what it is and how to to act and live in in their relationship. It's going to work itself out. Not only that, they're going to see how they were raised with loving parents. They're going to see that uh, the reason why they were disciplined at times—they're going to r- realize that. Uh, that they were being taught how to, to have good character and how to have integrity. And they're gonna take that and they're gonna, and they're gonna teach that to their kids. This all has a flow that God intended to. And as us as men, we have to make sure we stick to this order in the family. We can't pull away from our, our, the love of our wives and the passions of our wives or our, our walk with the Lord because the devil is out there looking to see the cracks. He's just waiting. And as soon as he can find that crack, he's gonna try to exploit it. And then when he exploits it, he's gonna try to destroy the the marriage. And if he can destroy that union, then he's destroyed the family. And then the damage that's done to the kids and to the husband and wife. So man, God has given us full charge to protect that and we need to protect it. We should be protecting our family with with vigilance. We need to be protecting our wives and, and looking after her God's given us charge to watch over her and care for her. That's physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. So I challenge you, men, to take that and really pursue the Lord in, in, in how I can better uh, love and, and show that deep passion for my wife. Now, there's three things that I believe that could help enhance our marriage with, with our wives. And Pastor Storm mentioned, to, mentioned it last week a little or this one, he said, pray. You know, praying, when you pray with the Lord yourself, it's an intimate thing, you and the Lord. But now you're taking your intimacy to the next level. You're preaching or you're praying with your wife and that's you, God, and, 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 and your wife being intimate together. It's gonna take that intimacy to the next level and it's gonna help break down walls and chains and barriers in your marriage that you didn't even know exist. And if you know they're there, you know it's gonna help break those down. The other thing, acknowledge. Acknowledge your wife. And that that's just not coming home saying, I love you. Thank you for being here. No, acknowledge when you see her do something good. When you see her take up that extra mile or go the extra mile to 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 take care of your children or to take care of you. You know, there's wives that, that have a full-time job, and then there's wives that are stay home, and that's just as hard. But you know what? They're tired. And then they wanna just rest and relax, but yet they see our children in need. They see us in need, and then they're willing to give that, that extra care to us. Let them know that we see that. Just don't let, assume that they know that we know. That word's gonna go a long way to, to charge them up and to keep on going. And then the third thing, <clears throat> PDA. Everyone knows what PDA is? Public display of affection? Men, Let your kids see you flirt with their mom. Let them see you play with her, love on her, hug on her, kiss on her, be fresh with her. Let them see it. I don't want my girls learning from their friends, from Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, on how to love, how to give love, how to show love, what is love. No, they need to learn that from the parents. And it starts with us and it starts at the home. And so I wanna end this, uh, this message uh, today with a mantra. And it's found in Joshua 24, 15. And I want all the men of the church to stand. And I want you guys to repeat it after me. So if you would, all the men, please stand. <laughs> and I want you guys to, to say it and mean it. And I want you guys to take it from here on out and, and say it every day and let it drop in your spirit and let it motivate you to have that family and that house that you want. But men, I want you to repeat after me. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. All right. Amen. And with that, I'm going to turn it over to Randy and he's going to talk about leaving a legacy.
3: Thank you, John. Well, first of all, I'd like to say that uh, my wife and I were shopping on Main Street last night, and we were jumped by a group of mimes, (laughs) and what they did to us was unspeakable. For that joke and many more, go out to the Dad's Day photo op out there where you can get more Dad's jokes on that. So, happy Father's Day. For some, for some, Father's Day is a day of happiness, right? But then for other folks, Father's Day is not a joy-filled occasion. Some of our brothers and sisters sitting in here today could be grieving about a father that they had or a father that they wish they had. They could be grieving a father who passed on this year, or they could be nursing wounds from family conflicts or even a divorce. So as, what, as we do with all the burdens that we carry, we take them to our Lord, right? Jesus acknowledges our burdens. He acknowledges our grief. And he doesn't minimize the sadness that we go through. But he reassures us that what we're going through is momentary to the glory that we're going to be receiving in eternal life. To two psalms that I have this morning for you, if you're coming here in that type of uh, sadness. Psalm 52. Cast your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. Take your burdens to our Lord, and he will take care of you. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. And from Psalm 119, I like this. Lord, if your words had not sustained me with joy, I would have died in my misery. Remember, when we're going through things, nothing, absolutely nothing, can keep us from the love of those everlasting arms. They're reached out to us. Now I'd like to spend a minute or two speaking about living your legacy, not leaving one, but living your legacy. In 1 Corinthians 16, it says, Be alert. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Let all that you do, let it be done in love. The Apostle Paul is telling the church then, and it's very important, he's telling this church now, that we need to be alert. That we need to recognize the urgency of the times that we are going through. We must remain focused, and we must maintain our eyes on eternity. And we need to stand firm in our faith. We got to have courage and we got to have assurance in what we believe in and who we believe in. And we need to be able to talk and be able to, when we have, somebody gives us a question, that we have the ability to give an answer to that. He also says to act like men. Paul does not mean act like men, not act like women. But no, he says, think like men, don't think like children. Folks, let's grow up. Let's start maturing in our spiritual walk. He also says to be strong. That's a parallel to act like men. Once again, he's talking to have spiritual strength, spiritual wisdom. And most of all, act all in love. For the love that God showed us, we should be inspired. We should be motivated to take that love that he gave us and take it out into our community. So we need to be showing the love of Christ to our community. And specifically to the men, act like men. If we thought about that this week and everything that we did revolved around act like men, think about it. We are called as men to do many things, but we are called to be protectors, providers, priests, servants. What if everything that we did revolved around acting like men? Because when we start acting like men, godly men, then everything flourishes. We need to remember that. Let's go to another scripture from another apostle. It's from Peter. Let's see if this sounds familiar. 1 Peter 5.8, be of sober spirit, be on alert, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour, but resist him, be firm in the faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brothers in the world. Here we see, be on alert, but he also, Peter adds, be of sober mind. Peter's making a general statement that we need to have clarity of our spiritual mind. We need to be self-controlled. We need to be sober. We've got to, be, we've got to quit self-medicating on these things of the world. We need to be sober. Serving in the kingdom of Christ is serious business. Folks, let's get serious about this. We're not sitting here waiting to die Waiting for eternity to happen. No, it happened when we were first saved. You are now on the clock. Why? Because Scripture just said that the devil, the enemy, is prowling out there. And he makes it your enemy, your enemy. He's looking to devour you. So take it personal. So how does a leader protect his family against this uh, roaring lion. We'll go home and read 1 Peter tonight. It's a great chapter. But Peter talks to the men there as far as shepherds, shepherds to the flock, the flock to the sheep. But I'm taking that to be leaders, men of the family. And when I say family today, I'm talking about the family, your personal family, and our corporate family here at 1910. And when you read 1 Peter, he says feed the sheep. I'm saying feed the family. Lead your family. Guide them. Guide them to safe places. Keep them in order. Keep your family in order. And to keep your family moving, keep your family moving together. If somebody in your family goes off astray, let's go get them. Let's go bring them back to the fold. We need to be active in resisting the enemy. Don't fall asleep at the wheel. Don't be blissfully ignorant out there. We need to be preparing ourselves for what we're going to be going up against. We've been taught that there is safety in numbers. So I'm challenging you today, get involved. Join a church. Join this church. Students, if you have students, get them involved in the hill. Get them going to camps. Women, join Radiant. Men, join Man U. We've got Bible studies. Everybody join a Bible study. My gosh, we've got fellowship now going on in people's homes. Who doesn't like food and fellowship? Go over to somebody's house. In the next couple of weeks, you're going to be seeing and joining us downtown where we're taking over downtown. So get together. Don't be alone. Don't be isolated. Why? Scripture tells us. Once you are isolated, then you are prey. And we don't want to do that. In closing, live your legacy. Yeah, you're going to leave a legacy. But let us remember that the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ that we share today, was given to us by generation upon generation another generation upon another generation, a generation until it was given to us. So now it's our turn. We need to take the good news, the saving grace of Jesus Christ and take it out to this community. We need to be sharing it with our children. We need to be sharing it with our grandchildren. You see, that's our legacy. And we need to protect the faith. We need to defend the faith so that the next generations will know about the loving grace of Jesus Christ. And before you can be, before you can stand and be a man or be a woman, a godly man or godly woman, you first need to bend a knee and you need to recognize and surrender your life to Jesus Christ. God created you for a purpose And are you living that purpose right now? God has extended to each one of us an invitation to go out into that community and do his work to grow his kingdom here in Kendall County. You're invited to do that. So I'm asking you right now to step into this journey here and now and let him teach you what it means to be a godly man and a godly woman that you were intended to be. Thank you. If Pastor Mark and uh, Hope would now come up, Pastor Mark and Hope and David, would you come up? As you heard that it's now camp week and we'd like to pray for our pastor and his wife because they're going to camp. Let's give it up for them. All right,
0: y'all join me for a second. Let's close our eyes and uh, think about the camps that we've been to and how we were influenced there. And let's ask the father to uh, show us right now his excitement for what he's gonna do with Mark and and all the young kids, well, they're not young anymore, the middle schoolers and the high schoolers fixing to go to camp. Lord, we thank you that your heart is for our young people. We thank you that more than anything, you are desiring to meet them there this coming week. We thank you for Pastor Mark and Hope. We thank you for their leadership. We thank you for their friendship. We thank you for his and her mentorship for our children. And Lord, we just pray a special blessing over them as they as uh, Mark goes to camp. Lord, be with Mark, be with hope, watch over them. Father, I pray more than anything. Uh, Pastor Mark told me before this service that he knows that the, that the young people are gonna have fun. What his heart is and, and why I, I asked to pray for him, his heart is that these young people have an encounter with the one true living God. And so... Well, you all, the the whole reason I'm here is that you guys pray in agreement with me right now. Dear God, we pray for Pastor Mark's heart, which is also our heart, and more importantly, it's your heart, so we're praying in alignment with you. We pray, Father, that you would meet them, plain and simple, that you would meet them at camp. We pray for protection over every one of those young people, pray protection over hope, over Pastor Mark, over their precious family of dogs. And uh, we're excited for what you're going to do. We're excited to hear from Pastor Mark when they get back about how you met them there. And we ask these things in Jesus' name.